way to start off. Full way to start off in this episode of Four Fit Podcast, brought to you by Coffee Black. That's coffee. Metal Matt here. We got the J Lo. What do you got there, dude? Huh? What are you snacking on? Some little mini muffins, bro. All right. Big John, Big John Stud, new, yeah. uh, <laughs> new, new, uh, new Bitcoin owner. Congratulate, <laughs> congratulations! Congratulations! Here, I guess you can you can you can tell us all how how all that works in our financial segment. You just got to meet me in the metaverse, bro. And we've got um, we've got wild we've got wild Bill down there going wild on the Sixers already. So not in a good way. Positive energy. Yeah. A little bit of professionalism, Jesse, with the fucking... Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't edit that out, you know. I want to sit next to Jesse in a movie theater and just like... It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking there, Reese's couch there, all over the floor. There he is. There. He found the mute button. <laughs> well, what's the matter, Bill? What's the matter? We, we signed James Harden. Right, we get Paul Millsap. We start the Sixers start looking like they're you know reloading. We take the court for one game. We're laying an egg here, all right, against Boston. Yeah, division rival, but like, so what? Right? It just it just it's just a bad game, and I I, I guess I'm really frustrated with this team because they came out and they're clearly smelling themselves. From all the championship contender hype, and the team hasn't won shit yet, and they came on the court like they were defending two-time champions or something, and they they just got their they they got their asses kicked, and this was a game going into the All-Star break that we were on a little streak. We could have ended their eight-game winning streak, sent a message, and this 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 regular season is the first regular season. I'm going to go out and say in our lifetime of 40 some years that every game actually means something because of the standings and how good the east is and how this could be a difference between between us being a five or a six seed maybe maybe we got to play the bucks round one depending on how these games go and and home games are games you just can't lose and especially it's not and it would be one thing if we lost and played but lose being down by 40 to a team without their starting center in the celtics it's just it just it, it couldn't be any worse. I mean, fucking James Harden missed the bell on one of the the last ring. He missed the fucking bell, so that's good. So, so that's a great omen for this. Like it's just insane that like John. This is a guy four hours ago said he's not afraid of any team in this league. This and is not this scared is, of not and one team, right? And last exactly, time, I, last time I checked, you, you gotta you gotta win. You get four shots in a, in a series. You know, you gotta you get. Four games, you get four tries. I've never seen us play this bad, and I didn't think we were capable of playing this bad, and we clearly are. So, and this was like the first game we've had with pressure on us in a while, and we got embarrassed. We got run out of the gym by a division rival, and it's just not a. It's it's. It, and then we get the Bucks on Thursday, so we're going to get embarrassed in Milwaukee. So we're going to go into the All Star break, possibly a six or seven seed, like. It's like we could be in the we could be by the All Star break, potentially tied for the seventh spot in a playoffs play in scenario. That's how tight every game in regular season is. 
that's why this season it's like no other. So that's, I guess, really, really where my frustration lies, that this was a chance to separate from teams like Boston, and now they're right back two games behind us. This, so there's no margin for error. This is uh, 3.08 p.m. today. I'm talking about how the, the Hawks could sneak in. You know, you know they 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 got they they shocked us and and, and bumped us out round one last year. And Wild Bill, yeah, they might sneak in, but they don't scare me at all. So like, and now, yeah, I would love to play the Hawks round one. I would love to play the Hawks, but the reality is, is we're going to be playing Boston or Brooklyn or Toronto in round one, and games like this are just a reminder. How we're going to be top heavy with James and Joel, basically. Well, Tobias, I mean, dude, Tobias couldn't back down Gordon, uh, uh, whatever his first name is, Pritchard on the Celtics. He's fucking 6'1. I'm taller than him. And yeah. Tobias couldn't back him down two times in the post. He Tobias is going to be the elephant in the room on this team now because we all know that he plays soft. We all know that. Absolutely. But now he couldn't back down a 6'2 shooting guard in the post. He had to throw it back out because he didn't have the balls to go up and take them down low. Like those are the things that I look at in these games. And it's just, I, I like the fact that Dybul's shooting, but going 0 for 20 is a little tough to look for Christ's sakes. I mean, it's, it, yeah, this team is just, and I get it. James the only one way for a shooter to get out of a rut. And what honestly, what I see from this game is I think I want Maxi coming off the bench. I don't think I went with the starters. We have, we literally have no bench to where I think it makes sense to start him off coming off the bench and let him come in against second units to where we're not getting annihilated in the second quarter like we do every game. So you're starting Danny Green and Harden? Danny Green or Corkmaz. Yeah. Corkmaz? Are you kidding me? Corkmaz. He, 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 he puts the ball. See, the goal of basketball is somebody look, let's put the ball in the fucking net. No, the last time I saw Cork Miles with the ball in his hand, he was he was given a, an alley oop bunny and he choked. Well, that's because that he was, that, was, that was the play after he he dribbled it off his own leg. So yeah, Cork Miles, yeah, dude, come at me with someone else because Cork Miles is not. <laughs> one hundred one to fifty eight, started the fourth quarter, forty three point deficit. Yeah, this is a championship team. You well, won't hear those are, words out of my mouth anytime soon. Shooting, I promise you that. They're shooting over 50% from field goal range, and they're also over 50% three-point range. The team, I mean, again, Boston shooting out of their mind. In a normal game, this should be like 101 to 82. Like, like we should be down 1820, but not 43 points. Not a normal game. So it's, you know. Look. Yeah, I, I, I guess I was just, uh, I thought we were a better team than this, and we're not. Well, we are. I don't subscribe to the this happens every now happens every now and again as you lose by 15, 20 in a tough game. They don't have their starting two guard or their starting center and they're still winning by 43 points against us. I know we're missing James Harden and he's a big piece of this, but this team this team's won nothing and they go out there like like I said, like they're two time defending champs. And that's what's made me more mad than anything. Do uh, you know just uh, I, I, I just play playing with no sense of urgency. Like they're going out there again. We have turning the ball over. Like yeah, we're getting some bad calls, but yeah, I just uh, this, this, this game was one of those reminder games that 
this, this is the second round back-to-back years of a losing team, second round exit. So they ain't one shit, and they go out there because they got James Harden. Well, they also I mean, lost to Utah in November by 40. So, I mean, I mean, what can before you bury them, could we at least maybe see what a couple games of, of Harden and Embiid look like? No, well, nothing better than this. What well, I'm saying is that this team, this, this team has just, I don't know, just the wrong mentality. They look, they look bad. They won the games in the NBA is a win's a win. But they played two bad teams over the weekend. I know the Cavs have a good record, but they're not a good team. They're all kids. The same with OKC. They're out there doing high steps, doing stupid shit like it was N1 videos. And then they come in and play a team that's focused, ready to go, and ready to lace them up. And they got run off the court tonight. I mean, I'm I'm watching clips like this. Jalen Brown guy is just going off, just like draining rainbows from all over the field. Like he's an all star because it's absolutely when you don't play defense on somebody and you can you get open shots. He's had a couple tough ones that he normally won't make. But last time I looked, we were like four for twenty one from threes because we have no shooters other than James when he gets here. Uh, yeah, I guess this is. Uh, yeah, no, I think this was this was definitely an eye opener game. That so this aligns with how I wanted to really start this segment off was just like coming off the the, the press conference from the, you know earlier in the day. You know, we had. I wanted to say, you know, it was it was all positive. It was all love. You know, and 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 a lot of a lot of those press conferences, they are what they are, right? I mean, you're going to have guys saying all the right things. You know, making all the compliments and 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 saying all the all giving you all the all the answers you want to hear. That's all well said and done, but it's like, at at what point does the you know the talking stop and you have to you have to walk that walk? And you know, here here we are. You know, our first game with Harden in the building after the presser, and you know, we're we're down by. Yeah, it's one hundred and one to fifty-eight. The start of the fourth. It's um, it's not optically. It's not. It's not a great look, right? Um, it's the opposite of what we we would want to see. Um, that being said, I, I still think it's it's one game. It's one game. It's. I think Bill. I think what what stings. Even, I think what really stings is the timing of when this one game came. You know, happened. I think that's the first one of the frustrating things is. So you're saying it's it's a tight race. It's going to be a tight. It's going to be a tight heat to the end, uh, to the start of the playoffs, as far as how the seeding goes. And you know you want as a team, you know, competing for one of those top seeds. You look to the All Star break going into it. You know you want to have some of that momentum. You want to end on a positive. And and this is the exact opposite of what we want. You know the Sixers to do and look like. Um, going into the all-star break, especially with, you know, the new look Sixers um, happening right, right after the, right after the break. So it's just, just going to be interesting to see um, how Harden comes out, how he's received. And um, I mean, we know he's going to be received, he's going to be loved, but you know, he's, is this added pressure now for him to come out and, and dominate and take over and set the precedence, you know what I mean? Like, what's the locker room going to be like? Like, is he going to be, does he go into the locker room tonight as a member of, you know, a veteran leader of this team, the, uh, you know, the way that he's, he's, he spoke 
to us in the press conference saying, you know, I'm here to I'm here to be a leader and set examples for these young guys. Like, does he say something that after this game to the team? I mean, I don't know. Like his job start started, you know, today pretty much. So like, you know, it's, it's just kind of weird. Like I was, I was all Jones and about, you know, coming into the podcast, knowing that this game was still going to be going on. And I was excited to like, you know, kind of like looking over my shoulder to see, you know, who's, who's on top of the seesaw, but, um, it's, it's anything but that, um, you know, we just getting our ass kicked, <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no other way of, of, of putting it. So, um, I don't know. Does Harden, does the Harden's leadership start tonight? Uh, it's, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I know he's not setting any examples with that wardrobe. He's whatever the hell he's wearing on the sidelines. Um, but yeah, where would you want if you put up thirty points, forty points a game? As far as I'm concerned, agreed. Agreed. You can wear a you can wear a smoker's robe. I don't give a shit. I like listen, Phil. In the in the infamous words of Aaron Rodgers, R E L A X, relax, relax. Patience, my friend. Patience. We knew this wasn't going to be a flip the switch thing. He's going to get his time off all the way until after the All Star break, and we're gonna we're gonna put the pedal to the metal. He already wanted to. Did you already see the uh, report that he wanted to work with the second and third team uh, after practice today? I mean, no, because I mean that's one of the things he does well. Is he? plays a lot of minutes so he plays with second units a lot and he he runs point and I, and and I have no doubt I, I listen I have no doubt James like James is going to come in and people don't realize how much he's going to be closer to Houston James than Brook and even Brooklyn James people forget last year he was the leading MVP like candidate until he tweaked his hamstring a couple weeks before the playoffs he was 28 10 and 10 that's what we're going to get out of James. We're going to get 28, 10, and 10 a game. And it just – this is the kind of game that makes me nuts with Joel that they don't even have a center in Boston. Al Horford was playing center for them tonight. And we're chucking up crazy threes the entire first half. And they're not dropping. Like, they have no center. Just go work it down to Joel in the post and let him go to work. But they're playing this I, – I, I guess I just – I don't know. I, I, I'm i just disappointed with how they play. And this is probably the worst game we played all season. Like, hands down, this is the worst game we played out of 55 games. I don't recall being down 43 points to another team at all this season. I just told you, they lost to Utah 40 points. In all right, well, they were down 43 now, so this is this one's a close one. Uh, I mean, we lost to Utah. I don't believe Joel played in that game because he had COVID, I think, but I could be wrong. Some of the more frustrating losses for me is when we have a 25-point lead and we blow it and we let them by eight. The river special, you mean? You know what I'm saying? I mean, those those are the more infuriating ones to me. I mean, this this game clearly to me said, you know, you know, could we have come out and played a bit more aggressive? Yeah. Could our game plan, could our scheme could have been a little bit different, made some different adjustments? Yeah. But when you got a guy like Jalen Brown who's putting up a 
uh, you know, a borderline probably a career night. It's it's just some nights just aren't going your way, and you know it's it sucks. But like the ones that sting worse for me is when you have everything going and you and you let and you take your foot off the gas pedal, or the team you know on the other on the other end goes into the locker room and makes adjustments and you don't, and it, it comes back to bite you in the ass ultimately and you lose the game. Those are the ones. But if if you're just if it's just not your night, and we've all played basketball, we all know. You all know. You know. As soon as sometimes nice, you hit the court. It doesn't matter what level you're playing at. It's just like you just know. It's just. It's just not my night. It's just not our night, and that's it. You know. Now, you know, uh, a forty-three point deficit. That's it's pretty ugly optically. But I just think that, you know, to John's point, let's just all take a breath. We've had a lot to t- to digest over the last, you know few days i think let's you know let's just let's just see how um let's get through the all-star break let's get healthy and get focused i don't think this one game is going to rattle joel's focus at all uh, on what he set out to do um uh, or anyone on this team for that matter so let's see you know when it's five games ten games out before the playoffs and we're still you know, when we had one or two more of these types of games, then we can start, you know, really starting to throw, you know, start worrying. But um, look, it's it's yeah. Paul Millsaps just hit a shot. He's getting his feet wet. The 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 thing that I will get killed, I'm sure, by Bill by saying this is like this is the this is the. I won't say this is the problem. It's not the right word. This is the conundrum of Philly fans. It's like it's like the roller coaster, right? Everything what we wanted was James Harden. Get Ben out of here, get James Harden. Now we have it. Now it's been only like four or five days, whatever, that we have him as our, you know, superstar player. And we're like upset that they're getting blown out by 40 right now. Uh, a game before the all-star break. It's like I understand no one wants the no one likes to lose, but like, it, this isn't like game seven of the first round and they're losing by forty. I mean, I don't I don't know why. I mean, I, I Bill, I see what you're saying. Like, you're you're sort of like seeing the future almost, but I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice by sort of like feeling that way because you haven't get got got yet to experience what you wanted so much. You know what I mean? That's a true statement, and I'm trying to walk myself back, but the reason I've got to this level of frustration is, um, like we said, like the, the the regular season, these last 24 games are basically like an NFL schedule where every fucking game matters. This isn't like how it's been the last 20 years where there's four, five, six games between every seed, and no matter what you do, you're going to be the three or the like we could literally, we're literally two games, three three games in a loss column out of the playing, out of the playing. So what happens if we, you know, James comes, you know, we, you know, say we lose to the Bucks on Thursday without James, and we should beat Minnesota in the Knicks, but just say what happens, crazy shit happens, and we lose maybe four or five in a row. 
And now we're in the playoff spot. Not that saying we can't win four or five, but my point is, is if it's championship or bust for this team, like it is, and I get it, James Harden is probably going to be just as important as Joel to this team. Um, realistically, it's Joel's team, but James is going to have the ball in his hands. Like this is how he, we're going to play now with him running shit. So I get that. This is you know not having success. And uh, Drummond in a game like this, I mean, Seth could have hit five threes in the first half that made it a game, maybe. Like, you know, some nights he's on and other guys aren't. So I get we weren't at full strength. But I just watching this game, and I, and I was texting earlier, um, uh, fair to too. But just I, I have no patience when teams don't come out playing hard. And we came out just taking stupid threes, like, early in the shot clock, not getting back on defense. And Boston was hot. They were up 11-2 to two like that in the first, like, two minutes. And I get it. You're totally right. This is one game, and this is how I – you know, this is where I am, a typical Philly fan, where the sky's falling or the greatest thing since the 96 Bulls. I get that. I have those swings in me with this team. But I don't reserve – like, I do that when it's, like – championship time like i got this way with the 18 eagles that like every game was insane because like we're running it back and we have it the phillies the phillies was the same thing up until we started losing for me i, I can think for myself as a philly fan when the expectations are that this high i have no tolerance for games like this like yeah like matt's matt's right it's more gut-wrenching to blow a 22 point lead at halftime because you had the lead and it's like what the fuck happened but to come out and get embarrassed by a team that historically has owned you in the last five years, and this is supposed to be your year to make a statement, and they come in your building and run you off your court, that's where I'm like zero to ten with this. Like, I, I, I just, I, I saw it in their eyes that they're just like, don't worry, we got James. No, you don't. Not tonight. You don't have James tonight. Like, get that out of your head. Like, and that's really where I'm mad at Joel. That. That he and not not like saying it's all his fault, um, but we give him all the praise when he when he puts up 40, 14, and ten on a, on a game like this. You know, maybe this is the kind of game you you give Tatum a hard foul when he drives, let him know not coming in the fucking paint tonight. But maybe that's just me being off in la la land because the NBA isn't like that anymore. To where you know what, Joel? They have no center. You want to drive in this lane, Jalen and Jason? You're gonna fucking feel it tonight, like. Like, win or not, just we, we, we did no tone setting for this entire game. You can't and- anymore, to your point. You're, 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 you're 100% correct, Bill. That's, that's honestly, if, if the NBA was like the NBA of like even like two, three years ago, you could still like send a message with a little bit of a physical play. And, and, and not I, be like a cheap it, dirty one on a drive. Acceptable, but like, you're, you, I mean, they're reviewing plays for f- flagrant fouls that are like guys bringing the ball up. You know, right. guy gets right. bumped the wrong way. It's like it's unbelievable nowadays. And that but, really is. No, I, I totally agree. They called that foul on Shake in the first quarter, and it was, and that's when the game was lost to me because we had it to 15. And Shake boxed the guy out who was a power for Naismith. There was and like they two, called him out. Shake literally boxed him out like you're supposed to taught. And they said he pushed him. It was called a, it's called boxing the guy and Doc lost his mind. And like, honestly, bro, like that's where I want to see Doc get thrown out or get a tee. Like, but you know, that's your night tonight. That's another fact for your players. But that's another thing is 
nowadays you get thrown out of an NBA game, you're not only getting thrown out of the game, but you're also facing possible like suspension for like further games. So it's like, it's not even, you can't even, you can't even go to bat for your team and take one, you know, anymore. It's like, that's how it is. I, I, I guess I just like, once we knew this game was done, like I wanted to see like, like Doc get thrown out, just like no ape shit. that whole sequence of the game, Bill, you're right. The game was was out of hand then because you had the shake foul, which was questionable, and then like two or three times next down the uh, later down the floor, you had the five one where like Jam hammer on the drive. Yep. And and Doc even tried to challenge it, and of course doesn't it it stands because they he they said Thibault wasn't in a defensive position to make a play on the ball. It's like. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, and and I guess I try to steer away because it happened in the OKC game, which we won comfortably. But I'll tell you what, man, and I watch a decent amount of basketball, and I mean, obviously, the most Sixers. I don't see games. I mean, there's been bad calls for the team, so I, I me mean, saying this is going to come across like a Philly homer. But we get the most ticky tack bullshit fouls, like. Maxie got hammered by Grant Williams, and they, and they even announced Ian Eagle. Oh, Grant Williams went straight up. When is leaning over a guy like Maxie going straight up when he jumps into the guy, like jumped into Maxie, where Maxie now has no ability to do anything off? Like, it's just so crazy. But, and again, but a call to like that, it's not going to be the end of the world because they usually even, because NBA is way more worse than the NFL where they give you makeup calls all the time. Oh, like, all, all the time. They, they know when they really screw the pooch. So it usually evens out in the NBA, and and but like I said, it's it, I guess I just you know like this is the kind of game and again not like dirty and you're right like you can't get suspended for two games, but this is the game where I wish we had a goon that just goes in there and tomahawks the shit out of Tatum or Brown on a drive, and gets thrown out of the fucking game. Oh well, like I like just. Literally to be like, fuck you, Boston, you won tonight, but we'll see you in the playoffs maybe or later. And like, we just kind of like, oh, we lost. They're, they, you know, they're beating us. Like, what are you going to do? I'm going to get, get, going to get my Mercedes and go home. And, and, you know, and they're right. You know, it's, it, they're right. There's no reason for me to get worked up. It is, it's one game, but I guess I just had a lot, a lot of expectations for this game. And I guess when we lose by 45 points at home, to what I feel an inferior team, but tonight they're not because they have a full roster minus their starting center, and we don't. So I guess I'm trying. I got to calm down and just accept the fact that it's one of those nights. But I guess I didn't watch much of that Utah game. I guess because I would have been this fired up probably then too. I think I, I I remember that game, and I think I turned it off because I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna put myself. No, thinking the good guy passed out in the first quarter because they're like ten thirty starts when they're in Utah and, and like yeah. the West Coast. That too, but you know, to help bring you down, Bill, you talk about you know a lot of expectation, and I'll switch gears here um, so we can briefly talk Super Bowl a little bit. But you know, there was a lot of expectation uh, uh, for the uh, for the Rams to do what they did, right? I mean, there's a team that went all in. You want to talk about championship or bust, and um, and and they got it done, you know. And and you know, and and you talk refs too, you know, going into the Super Bowl and the way that the the playoffs were this year in the NFL and just the NFL in general. I felt like 
sometimes games were, you know, make it was like there were make it or break it moments based on reviews that these refs were making. And it just seemed like there was a lot of laundry being thrown out on the field in the postseason. And I was just I was hoping that there wasn't going to be a lot of that. And and I was happy, pleasantly surprised to see that there really wasn't until like, you know, the final drive. There was a lot of flags being thrown around, but I guess for good reason. But, um, you know, what's everyone's takeaway of the Super Bowl? I mean, you know, I think I'll, I'll start. I think uh, I think about four episodes ago, someone on this podcast was I mean, basically that we should start just giving out sports betting advice based on what I said. Uh, Tampa's going to lose to the Eagles. Is that what you're going to talk about? I, 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 predict, I, predicted, okay. I predicted that the Rams would win it all. <laughs> um, you know, listen, we all can't be right. So it's got to be one person, and it's me. It's fine. Um, Matty Stafford got it done. No, no Tramathers over here. No Tramathers. Right. That's right. Uh, got it done. Got himself a ring. Future Hall of Famer. There's nothing to be said. That's still, I think, that's still an interesting topic of conversation. Matt Stafford, Hall of Famer. Absolutely. He's got the numbers to prove it. He's got the ring. I mean, I already, I already, already, um, you know, I already ate ate enough, a mouthful of crow this week and, and, and said it on our text chain by saying, yes, Matt Stafford, much respect. Um, he, he is a good quarterback. Um, I think he's got a little bit more work to do to be a hall of fame type quarterback, but he's well on his way. We can also, we can also, I mean, just, just start getting the gold jacket out for Aaron Donald too. I mean, that guy, I mean, we, I mean, we watched two hall of famers, maybe even three, if you consider Von Miller, if, if, if he can continue his career, but, um, I mean, if any, even maybe Cooper Cup, I mean, probably the the most amazing season ever by a wide receiver, like bar none, no questions asked, not even close to an argument any at any point. Um, he just had an amazing season, and thankfully Sean McVay did the right thing, you know, this time when he was coaching and just fed him the ball because he's an absolute monster. Um, that team, unfortunately, will be decimated like we were talking through our, check, our text chain. I mean, c- c- depending on who who chooses to retire, who, who chooses to leave in free agency, Odell Beckham, you know, having another torn ACL reported, you know, that team is going to get – I mean, there was even reports that Sean McVay might even retire and go to the announcer's booth. Um, so they're all going to take some time and soak this up. But, again, congratulations to the Rams. Well, with with the Rams, you know, um, ramping up and and acquiring um, Hall of Fame talent and going all in for one year. And yes, they got it done. Um, I don't care what anyone says. It's hard to win the Super Bowl. I don't care what your roster looks like. But Tampa Bay, you can say, did the same thing last year with Brady. Um, You know, Brady made a bunch of phone calls and got, you know, a bunch of, you know, high-level superstar talent, um, ramped up that roster, 
got a Super Bowl. I mean, is this the is this the future trend? Is this the the NBA philosophy spewing spilling over into the NFL now? I mean, is this what we're going to start seeing? I don't think so. I mean, I mean, yeah, they'll, there's going to be a few guys every year that maybe are the upper, upper upper echelon guys, but yet I don't think you're going to see like the Odell Beckhams and the Von Millers every year start to start to do that. Um, the, the Broncos were in a situation where, I mean, they're just not good anymore. Um, and they were just cleaning house. So they might as well, you know, shit or get off the pot with him. And the way Odell was, the way he acts a fool, I mean, you know, he he had two cho- two or three choices he was going to go to. He, he luckily he chose the right one. I mean, we, we make jokes about Deshaun Jackson, but if Deshaun Jackson, you know, plays nice, he's got a Super Bowl ring. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 I, I, to answer your question, no, I don't think you're going to see the – the superstar caliber guys like get traded like they, like they are like, okay, next year is Fletcher. Could Fletcher Cox be traded? Yeah, he could be. Um, Do I think he's Von Miller type player to make that big of an impact? I don't think so. I think he's on the ass end of his career. Um, But we'll see. I mean, there's always, you know, never say never. Right. I mean, that was just one of the reasons that was just pretty much the main reason why I wanted to see the Bengals do it is just because they're just they're built more from the ground up. You know, they drafted a lot of their talent. A lot of it was just homegrown within their system. I just it's just always nice to see a team, you know, get it done that that does it that way. You know, they pulled a lot of free agents um, in the last couple of years, too. Um, a lot of their defense has been free agency, but yes, I mean when you're when you're that bad and you're drafting a number one pick for your franchise quarterback, when you're that bad and you're able to, you know, draft a, a, a game changing wide receiver at five, and then then go through the draft, Not draft them, but they work out because we've seen plenty yeah. of them that don't yeah. work. You know, I mean, so. I mean the combination of of Burrow and Chase, you know, I. I It'll be fun to watch for years to come. I mean, we t- we talked about this in the past about like even when we we're talking about the dra- that draft or this draft. You know, we, I think we were saying like you know Joe Burrow needs protection. Joe Burrow's coming off an ACL because he didn't have protection, and they went in a totally different direction. And and then preseason, Jamar Chase couldn't catch a football, and then look what happened. He turns it around. So it's you know when you hit, it's great. When you don't, you know, but. But the difference is, at the end of the year, Burrow was hit and sacked the third most times in NFL history. It was already reported today that Joe Burrow has another knee injury. That while this one doesn't need surgery, he's probably going to have to rehab it. And the 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 funny thing was that meme that was going around with the draft of you know that was the picture of like Joe Burrow throwing to anybody, and it's a it's a complete pass with. Sewell blocking or Jamar or him trying to throw to Jamar chase and he's getting flattened on the ground and the ball's, you know, 20 yards short. And it was this, the meme that went around. And then the, the funny thing is the last play of the game, it's the same thing. Yeah. Jamar chase is, is wide open running down the field and Joe Burrow's getting driven into the turf because the line doesn't hold up. And it's like, I've already seen like memes from everybody of, 
you know, the, the, the Bengals draft, it's like round one tackle round two tackle round three guard round four center. It's like, you know, that's you, a good to have, though. you know I mean? Like, I mean, it's a great point, Jesse, like, would you rather be in a position now having Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, some the wide receivers that they have, Joe Mixon, and then just be able to focus on one part of your offense? Like, you have the crown jewel, you know, but, but what, what, but the flip side is he got another knee injury. Luckily, this one's just going to need rest and rehab. But what if he pops his other ACL? Like at, at what point? Do you, it, yeah, you know who else was a tough dude? The Andrew Locke. He was a tough dude till he stopped being a tough dude. Like it, at some point, you need to you need to protect your your investment. And Burrow is right now showing to be the best guy drafted in a while. So like, if they don't go and get him, because they were for large parts of that game, they were outplaying the Rams but they couldn't protect Burrow. Yeah. But I mean, I think they'd rather, they'd much rather have that wide receiver quarterback combo and, and, and fill in. I, th- I always stand by that. You can go out and get and trade for, you can do what Andy Reid does and make a trade for an offensive line, draft an offensive lineman. And, 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 and then you could fix that. That That's they got a running back and they got a running back too. They got a running back. So like, Moving forward, this team, to Matt's point, I think is totally set up. And I think that because they didn't win, like I wasn't, I wasn't upset that they didn't win. I wasn't disappointed, but he's going to have time because he's a that he's such a good player. I think so. If they do to your point, get, get an offensive, get an offensive line. I think that I mean, think that they can, and even maybe a little bit better defensive players. Um, I think they're they're destined for another another Super Bowl run at some point. Yeah. And that the, the, I mean, the coach is young. Like the, the biggest mistake they made was on that, that last series. It was that, what that second down play. And they tried that shock play down the field and there was nothing there. And they threw it, threw it away when it was what, like second and one. Mm-hmm. It's like, pick up the fucking first down there because yeah. then it's third and one, they get stopped and then it's fourth and one and they get stopped. And you're like, bro, just get it's, the first fucking down. Someone also, one of you guys brought up, the maybe you did I don't know about running backs or maybe it's something that I read, but I mean show just showing like the running backs in the Super Bowl it shows you how much like the NFL really val- doesn't really value running backs. Oh no, they don't. It's like That's it's crazy. Like Mixon got a crazy contract. Mixon got a pretty good contract. I don't say crazy. He wasn't like Todd Gurley, Zeke money, but you know. And then you have on the other side Cam Akers. Like you know, it was your buddy Rube or somebody put that out that. This is the reason why you don't pay Miles Sanders ten million a year because it's not the position's not worth paying a guy. There, there's no running back that made over like I think three million dollars that's in the last ten years that led to that led to the Super Bowl day. They fucked up though. They didn't say Marshawn Lynch. They 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 put Percy Harvin in, but Mar- Marshawn Lynch Lynch was making. But like no, seven. they they went for most rushing yards. So maybe Percy had more rushing yards that game. So right. they, they only meant for that one game and because LeGarrette was on there three times, two for the Patriots and once with us. <laughs> yeah. He, I don't think he's made more than like a million dollars. No, he made two million his last year at Detroit. That was his biggest payday because you're like, oh, he got paid, remember? And he looked like, oh, never mind. He got league minimum. 
but we've always talked about, I think, Bill, you're the one that's always bringing up is like you win in the trenches, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. the Jesse's that's point, like if, if you build an offensive line, right, you can protect Burrow and then they turn into, I don't want to, I'm not going to annoy him Brady-esque, but he's, he's pretty close to Brady-esque the way he dishes the ball out, you know, and you fix your defense. And I mean, this team is, I mean, is, is this team disappointed? I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're disappointed. They lost the Super Bowl, but like, if I was a Cincinnati Bengals fan, I'm excited. Like oh, yeah. the for being a Rams fan, like I'm I don't I wouldn't be that excited to be honest with you. Like, yeah, we won the Super Bowl, that's great. I'm you know, ecstatic in LA, great, right? But then like now what? You're gonna be decimated. And this is what that 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 story that I always say, it's like you're at the peak now, and now it's gonna be like a downturn because well, I feel like there's so many there's so many the holes. And the Rams fans that are still in St. Louis, that those are the ones I feel bad for. Yeah, because they're they're LA not supporting, they're not supporting you know, the, the LA Rams. The the, the 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 LA fans, they're just going to turn to the what's the shiny new toy of the yeah. the year. And, and let's they, be real, they get two Super Bowls uh, or two ring or two trophies in their rings, though, right? Because it's it's the same organization. Yeah, but uh, the uh, the. The well, two points real quick. The the Bengals got screwed. That wasn't a fucking hold on I'm that super. on that I'm third and up, on that third, third down. Jesse, that was a makeup call for the Higgins play. They were waiting yeah, for the to get it back. But you can't you cannot you call can't that right down. You can't. I agree. That was if I was a Bengals fan, dude, my TV's broken at that point. Like it's it's over. <laughs> yeah, and and like so yeah, but like to your to your point, what you just said, John. Like if 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 Brayman had moved the Eagles to what was it, Arizona at the time that he was trying to move them to Arizona, none of us would have been none of us would be fucking Arizona Eagles fans. Like we'd be like fuck the NFL, motherfuckers. Like Philly fans wouldn't be like I bleed green still, even though they stole my team from me. Like nah. As much as I love football. I I would just watch even more college football and just be done be done with it until they maybe stole a team from another city or or gave us an expansion team. But like, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been following the the Eagles if they moved them to Arizona. Uh, I mean, listen, I I can't speak with it. Does it suck from a business perspective? If I was an owner in St. Louis and I had the opportunity to move to LA, I'd probably do the same thing. Um, but you know, I, I don't know the future, the future sort of looks bright for Cincinnati. I think it looks, it looks bright for Stafford. If, you know, they can rebuild. I, I mean, I think that, I think the guy's going to still put up numbers and he's going to have Cooper cup there for the foreseeable future. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of exciting. And then in this off season, just to figure out like where a bunch of quarterbacks are going to go, it's, it's going to be a very interesting few months leading up to the draft. Yeah. Well, we're not going to, you know, if you ask Bill right now, we're not going to have the Sixers to watch until then because we're just, we're down and out. We're going to be. I would, I would also say, though, that the, talking about penalties real quick, yeah. the, whole, the, the one that was offset before the holding, um, the 15-yard penalty – and then the hole that they offset it. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and and weren't weren't like two of the the Rams players offside on that same, 
or no, that was the whole, the, whole, like the Rams, the whole, the whole uh, offensive line basically um, was offsides. Like, or, I'm sorry, not the, um, false start. Cause they all backed up before the thing was thrown. But. It was, it was. And then and they also, and talking about penalties again, they also, um, the referees made a statement about that Jalen Ramsey rake cha- face mask thing. And they said that they didn't think that was a penalty. Which I mean, Jay, listen. And here's another thing that I think we learned is that, you know, you can spend a first round pick or two first round picks to get a quote unquote superstar shutdown corner, but that guy had the worst game of his career in the Super Bowl, and they won. I mean, Mike I don't Evans mean- had a big touchdown against them. So did. Uh- Devo broke through that play against them for a touch. And that's, I think, with yeah. football, what you're seeing, it's, and that's why it would be a mistake. And I don't think it's going to happen with Russ. I heard some rumblings about the Eagles are still doing their due diligence on Deshaun, as much as you don't want to hear that. Supposedly, that's still not dead. But I think with football, it shows multiple players are never worth one player because you need depth and you need the mm-hmm. roster so much different. Three or four picks for one quarterback. Unless it's Patrick Mahomes right now, or Joe Burrow, you don't do it for a thirteen. You know, like you just don't. Like it just decimates the football team too much, and like that's why they're like you said with the Rams, they got their ring like they wanted, but they could easily be a five and twelve team for four or five years after you know. I mean, not right away because Stafford yeah. will be there, and they'll have Cup, and they'll you know they have enough guys, but you know they also didn't have Higby, which I totally no, they, you know and. uh you know, I, I actually think the Bengals um, lost the game. Again, the Rams are a better team. If, OB, if OBJ doesn't get hurt, they win that game probably by two touchdowns. I mean, they, they had no answer for OBJ. I mean, that's I mean, he was ca- catching his stride for sure. But once he went down and the Bengals took the lead, I really feel because Zach Taylor calls the plays, Bengals coach, I really think he choked. Because mm-hmm. he did awesome. at no point no, did he get up. What's that? Especially on the last play of the game. Well, just the whole second half. After that Higgins touchdown, he started like Mixon was averaging like four and a half yards a carry, and they were yep. throwing the ball constantly. Like quarterback getting hammered to shit, and you're dropping back on these deep five, seven step dropbacks. It's like, what happened to Dink and Dunk that that gets the ball out of your quarterback's hands and makes their like? I, if I was a Bengals fan, you said you said you'd be happy, John. I'd be pissed off right now that. We blew a seven-point lead in the end of the third quarter. It's only one touchdown. I get it, but Stafford was was playing scared. He had three or four straight three and outs, and it was like, ooh, bury them now. They like if they would have got one more score, that's a different. Again, the what if since any sports is I get that, but the Bengals had the Bengals were the better team in the second and third quarter, and they choked it away, and and I think you know that's something. You know, I'm not going to go down this road because I know we do often and I sometimes cause it. But that's why I don't over, overlook guys like Doug in those big games. That he had every ability to, to, to crumble when Brady took for 500 yards against us. And he just had it out. Every series was on point. There were no like, oh, shit, three and outs. We, we put up 41 points on the best one to coach in the history of football. Like, I don't you, you can say Frank Reck was a part of it, whatever. Dougie P was the headset on making calls. And that's why, like, I'm just still not over that because it's like, 
We finally had a coach who didn't choke in the big game. He has one bad year, one bad year. You're a piece of shit. You're the reason you got you got to go, Doug. That's where my beef is. I also, my- I also think that like things were not realizing, you know, home home Super Bowl team. Most of the player, most of the players were in the Super Bowl three years prior, including the coach. Different quarterback, of course. Like I think that's got a lot to do with it. And they were then, relatively healthy. Now, I guess you could also argue at the time, Zach Taylor was also the um, offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach at the time they were in the Super Bowl. But, you know, it, I'm sure that has a little bit of, you know, hesitation to do with it. And you're exactly right. It's 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 a difference between a coach who puts the foot on his pedal and, and, and knows that Mixon is up, you know, four yards of carry and, and can, can continue to call those plays or someone that's a little more timid, like, all right, fuck it. Let's punt here. Or let's, let's not take the shot. God forbid it's picked, you know, let's, let's rely on our defense. And you sort of saw how, how that played out. I mean, it's a great point. If you tell the Bengals before the game, you held the Rams at 23 points. They're doing car rolls. Like they're going to win that game. Yeah. I mean, that's a fact. Here's something to to your point about um, depth is more important in, in trading picks away for players. I didn't even realize this. I thought Stafford's deal had more years on it. He he twenty. This is his next year's his last year of this deal. Like the Rams. Now, granted, again, the Rams won a championship, so they're not going to care. But Stafford's an unfri- unrestricted free agent in twenty twenty three, and he's never really gotten a. I mean, he his he. I mean, he had a decent. He had a. He was the last guy that got the um, the the monster rookie deal. He was the mm-hmm. last guy that got that. And then in in 2019, he got a pretty good deal. And he but, wasn't going to leave Detroit. He wanted to stay in Detroit. No, I understand that. But like now, he's won a chip, and is he finally going to be like, all right, now I want, now I want. So it's to your point, like you, you've given up a bunch of picks, a bunch of picks for a guy. Granted, he won you a Super Bowl, but if you don't retain him, then what? You've given up all those picks. Your roster is now decimated. It's it's the rebuild of the Super Bowl, baby. It's why yeah. why I, I I jumped on that train. I said, listen, they're that's all it's called all. That's why it's called all in. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. It's all these. It's like all these Eagles fans that are like so gung ho to trade for Russell Wilson, and it's just like he's got two years left on that deal. And if we don't win a Super Bowl in those two years, he's signing one last contract with the team to win another ring, and it's not going to be with us. Like, so you you might be giving up two first round. It's at least going to be two first round picks, plus players, plus other picks, and it's just like. Our team is not close enough to be, and all these people are like, oh, we're we're right where the the Rams are. We're, we're right where this team is with with a with a better quarterback. Look what the Rams did. It's like the Rams had an all time defense and better wide receivers up and down their roster than we do, and they have a better running back. Like we're just lucky they didn't face us in the wild card. We 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 we'd be playing another parade. We playing another parade right now. I, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's so crazy. Like, yeah, you know, I, I go back and forth on it, but like, 
there's there's no you know it'd be one thing if if Watson didn't have all this stuff hanging over his head like I don't want that dude anywhere near this club so you know he's out um and and Ross in theory is great but he's got two years left on his deal and he's 34 so like okay he's out so then what there's I'd rather have I'd I'd rather have at that point I'd rather have a cheap Jalen Hurts for for the rest of his deal and you build the team and then you figure it out after there than then trading for like Jimmy Garoppolo or like Derek Carr like now so yeah, no, they're, they, yeah they're just guys yeah they're not I mean that's what you do if you're like yeah no there if you already have a team like we're still this is another year where we need to get talent and then maybe next off season, if there's somebody that's available, maybe you make a move or if Jalen doesn't, or maybe Jalen takes that next step and it's like, all right, it's a move point. But yeah, yeah because, uh, we're, our team's too, too the, the not good. Between all of those teams and ours is, I think, I mean, other than maybe you can argue Devontae Smith in one season, the playmakers, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bengals have playmakers up and down minus maybe, um, was the guy that got hurt the tight end Uzma, like CJ? Yeah, Uzma. Uh, the the Rams from wide receiver to tight end, you know, to a, a pretty deep running back core. Um, there, there's like we don't have that depth of talent yet, but I think that's what we're going to start to accumulate in the next this year's draft, and then maybe with some free agents next year and then we're going to be on the come up again so i mean like i don't i don't disagree that i don't think we're that far off um i think we're in a better position now than we were two years ago um and especially with the news now about carson wentz i mean i I don't know if that makes if that makes anyone happier or or more jovial than me knowing that that guy again is just going to get cut and released and you know realize what what he truly is as a as a quarterback now i mean like i'm i'm glad that we're not having the same conversation this year with him like i'm i'm glad that they made the decision to get rid of him and move on from it because you know if you delay it and wait look look around if if it was this end of the season we're not getting a first round pick for that guy you know so i'm glad that they did what they did because we're in a much better shape It's and it's just wild how that I mean that dude went from potential league MVP the next the next guy to Nick Foles cutting his heart out a backup. I mean, is it? I, I mean, I still think I I think the um. The, the Foles thing did mess him up like mentally, but it was, it's the knee, man. Like when they talked about how serious that injury was, he tore almost every ligament in the knee. Didn't he tear three of the four ligaments in his knee? Like it, it was, word for it. it was, it was one of those injuries that I, I remember. I reading don't a give a shit anymore. <laughs> well, it, it was, it was care. that, that injury changed his career. Yeah. And, Hey man, wish him the best. Him and all his millions. Army of one. I think that's one of the things all our, GMs, all our GMs have to look at, though, Jesse. It's for these guys, and I know you like you can't. I mean, you draft on a guy's talent and fit or whatever your 
you know, qualifications are. But I think one of them's really got to be mental makeup. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that thing that we said the last few years of all these Philly athletes who can't cut it, it's like, oh, well, you know, this is North Dakota, this, you know, from Markel being in Washington State where they have the college station, and that's like sports mean a lot to Philadelphia. And, like, if you can't get on board with that, like, I mean, I know you don't get a lot of time with these young kids. You get, like, probably 20 minutes here and there, and it's tough, and you go off recommendations from coaches, and they're always going to speak well about their players, obviously. But, man, like, the amount of top draft picks that this city's had in all sports, and they've all turned into squad except for Joel. I was going to say, someone screwed, the poo- someone screwed the pooch on Ben Simmons. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did Bill just say NFL draft? The, I said I said all sports, and I specifically made a point that to say NFL draft is not draft. <laughs> I mean, Wait, you say NFL draft again? Edit that out, man. Right now, it, hit the edit it, button. It could be worse. Well, like, choose your words wisely. You you look at I mean you look at what's going on to to what Bill's point is like soft athletes. Like look what's going on with Arizona. Like Kyler Murray is what is he doing now? Like. He's fine. They don't want to make the extension yet because they all see what happened with Carson, with Jared Goff. After year three, you want to get the cheap discount. But after year three, there's still a lot of question marks. He hasn't won a playoff game. They always suck at the end of the year. Is that Clinton or him breaking down? So I think like the Carson and Jared Goff situation made GMs realize, wait a minute, we have the fourth year and then a fifth year franchise tag. Why are we paying a guy $100 million if if he's not Patrick Mahomes? Or Josh Allen, like where you know it's going to be real. Like, I mean, it's the other side of the coin, though, Bill. Like, it's the other side of the coin, though. Too. It's it's funny. Rams go all in for what they did, and Arizona went all went all in the way they did. Right? JJ Watt, trade for Ertz, AJ Green. Like, you know, how did it work out for be, for both sides? Right. Well, I mean, well, and they traded for DeAndre Hopkins last year too. Thank um, you, Connor. So yeah. it's. It's O'Connor was a mistake that we we let him get out of out of Pennsylvania because he signed a league minimum deal out there. That good one, Howie, letting him get out of the state, jag off. And then uh, I hit the music. I said I hit the music. I said it. Uh, um, what did you say? Uh, called Howie a jag off. That gets me. <laughs> um, no, I mean it's it's. I mean, but it comes down to like we always say, it's quarterback and coach win and. Much as I don't like McVeigh, he had a good last series. I think he caught a terrible game, but he had the last series. He, he, you know, he, he dialed up. He realized I don't care if Cooper Cup's triple teamed, the ball's going to him. I don't care how he does it, get the goddamn ball in his hands. And and then but let's and yeah. and Bill, they they the Bengals are like, all right, the ball is going to go to Cooper Cup. It's absolutely going to go to Cooper Cup. What are we going to do to stop it? Oh, let's put Eli Apple on it. That, we got this. And yeah, like, I, I was. I don't know why they just said, like, literally, just didn't be like anybody but Cooper Cup can beat us to this drive. And they just, but that's how these coaches get. Then you know they don't want to change up. You know this is our system. This is our philosophy. Fuck your system. Fuck your philosophy. You have two minutes to go in the game, dude. Make a play. Like, that's where I, I guess you know you need that discipline for the length of a season. I get it to like stay the course, like you say. Don't get too emotional. Whatever. But then there's also like all hands on deck times, and the and the Bengals just I don't know I I I I don't like the Rams, so I'm biased, and I'm not a I'm, I'm not a McVeigh fan at all. I think he's just I think he was 
you know, he his dad was a GM in the league, so the nepotism thing and whatever is what it is. He's proven to be a good coach. John, his dad was a GM. I mean, like he's like he has to get a job. I know, but, I know, but you can't. I mean, you, I mean, you got to give the guy props. He's been in the Super Bowl three twice in the last three years. No, I'm saying he's a good coach, but I'm saying that he got his start working for Mike Shanahan because his dad was who his dad was. Like right. he he got elevated quickly. And 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 he went all in. He you know he made it happen for Stafford. And again, I'm not saying he's not talented. I I don't like him personally. I think he's rah rah high school Johnny coach. The whole oh, run the Tom Jackson thing really burnt me the wrong way when he ran down the year my high five. Like I know you probably love that shit. Like he's into it. I don't know if you do or don't, but I personally like I can't stand that from a professional. Um, but anywho, like, back. I like winning. Thinking. I like winning. It, no, it's it's it goes back to the quarterback and coach, and I really think Zach Taylor shit the bed that entire fourth quarter. He got the lights got too big, and he just did what he did, what they did all year instead of realizing you're playing against two Hall of Famers on the D line and you have a shutdown corner. Like where's Tyler Boyd? Where's the T Higgins? You keep throwing the ball to Jamar Chase. You have other weapons that could win, and it's just. You know, I, I, I guess you said earlier, if you were a Bengals fan, you'd be happy. I'd be pissed because there's no guarantee. I'm already seeing articles about how is Joe Burrow going to be Dan Marino because Dan Marino got there second year, never got back there his whole career. Like, you don't know in the NFL, obviously. I mean, you, you don't. You don't. But I mean, like, in the beginning of the season, other than Dan Orlovsky, did anyone Orlovsky, did anyone think that the Bengals were going to be in the Super Bowl? No. But I mean, no. But, so you got to like, you got to. Ahead, to yes. Bill's point, like when when the Eagles lost the Super Bowl to the to the Patriots, everybody was like, "We're back next year, baby. We're back next year, baby." We're and then it's like you fast forward a couple months and you've got To doing fucking sit ups in his driveway and Hugh ja- and uh, Hugh Douglas getting into fights with him in the locker room and it's done. It's it's like boom, and that was the end of that. Like, but we were. Well, back then, if you went in a time machine and you asked every Eagles fan after that after that game, you'd have been like, "Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back. We're we're too good. We'll be back." That was and the year that I adopted the Seahawks as my second team. So no, I didn't think we were there going to be back. I didn't think my job telling me to relax. Boston Johnny over here. I forgot. Oh, what was I what? thinking? That's telling me to relax. <laughs> telling me to relax. What, for that game for for two thousand five for four. I mean, like, I listen, Tom Brady is the best quarterback ever. We we played in the in his prime. We didn't win. But you know what? When we played them at the tail end of his career, we kicked their we kicked his ass. I'd rather I'd rather beat him in the Super Bowl than play. Beat the best, right? To be the best, you got to beat the best. Thank you. Yes, exactly. No, but I mean, but what we're saying is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, everybody says he's arguably a top five, ten quarterback all time. He's been won Super Bowl second year, and he hasn't been back since. Right. Like, that could be the same for Joe Burrow. I mean, it's – that's When you have that conversation of greatest of all time, that argument, everyone turns right to stats and then games won and Super Bowls. So yeah. that's where that – that sort of conversation yeah. starts to starts to, to me to me the whole goat the whole goat thing is getting way watered down. It's like losing its luster to me. Like everyone's a goat now. Well, everybody, yeah. you're right, Matt, because everybody's a genius. Everybody's the great. Like everything's every. It's just like 
the, the words like that get, get get like the word elite gets thrown around way too much. Like those kind of words, like genius, elite, you know, once in a generation, that means something. They can't when be we were, teenagers, there were three goats. There were three goats when we were kids: Babe Ruth, Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, and that was it. Like that was it, it was. Gretzky was, maybe was the only other one. Gretzky was pretty amazing. And Gretzky, okay, but that was it. Like, and Babe Ruth, we, you know, our great grandparents probably didn't even watch Babe Ruth play baseball. So there you go. Like that was thrown around. So in like, that was, that was for the elite of the elite of the elite. Pantheon of athletes. I mean, it's just, it's insane. Every, 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 you know, every highlight that you see now, like going down your feed on, you know, uh, on a on an NFL Sunday weekend or whatever, it's like, oh, the goat, you know, oh, it must be the goat, and all these, I don't know, it's just it's just thrown around so lackadaisical anymore. And I get it; it's just it's more of like a it's kind of ingrained into our our culture, our pop culture now. But it's like, well, even now, like the NBA with the top seventy five players ever, like. Do you know how many guys that are leaving off that list from the 70s and 80s and 90s? Oh, I probably okay. would love, but it wasn't a TV error. It wasn't a social media area error then. Like Chris Mullen. It, Chris Mullen not on it. I mean, there's just so many guys. I mean, there's probably, you know, the, and, and, and I guess I just speak to it because there's certain guys to me that I, I guess it's hard. I, I, try not, I try to be objective and take away guys. Because I, I, like, personally, I've never liked Russell Westbrook. I think he's the epitome of what John speaks of with stats. He is one of the most losing players ever, but he pads his stats on a 20 and 60 team for years and years. And he averages a triple double. So he has to win MVP. He was MVP on a losing team. Like how can you be MVP on a losing team? Like seriously, I don't care how bad your other teammates are. Like, like there's guys like that. Cause like I saw a thing recently, like Chris Paul. what's that? Chris Paul. Exactly. Like, People forget, like, he, he was a dirty player when he, like, like, the first 10 years. Like, he, nobody liked him. Like, yeah. like but all of a sudden, he goes to Phoenix, and now all of a sudden, oh, Chris Paul doesn't get respect. It's Chris Paul this. Chris Paul was a shitbag the first 10, 12 years in the league. Like, oh. literally, he asked out of teams three different times. He pulled the James Harden, but now, oh, well, it was different. How's it different? He quit mm-hmm. on Houston. He quit on the Hornets. Like, like he, he, he quit on his teams. Like, well, that, oh, that's, well, you know, it's so, that's what I hate. It's like everybody shapes their narrative to now to make it fit for their fucking clickbait stories. And it's just, it just, it just does like real fans a disservice. Cause like, you're like, I don't know, like there's guys, you know, I, I guess I'm, you know, I'm drawing a blank right now from like our childhood NBA players, but you know, like Dominique Wilkins, is he on that list? Probably not. Could he be on that list? Probably deserves. I mean, again, it's not fair. It's just what, like 75 out. list? Yeah. He, I think he's on there. Yeah, he's on I'm pretty but sure. Wasn't, wasn't, was Chris Mullen in the 50? Or no, he wasn't even in the 50 when they did the Chris 50. Mullen wasn't – Chris Mullen is, was snubbed the whole way through. I mean, a true like, – like He's cons- a Hall of Famer though, is he not? He's a Hall of Famer. He's on the dream team oh. for Christ's sake. I, I think the stuff that fans we argue about – like, you know, do, do I think Charles Barkley gets really upset that he didn't win a championship? I don't think he cares that much. Charles Barkley's a Hall of Fame basketball player. He's an NBA analyst, and he had a he had a really nice career in the NBA. Like, 
He doesn't care. I mean, do you think Chris Mullen really cares that he wasn't on the seventy-five list? Oh, I yeah, I'm not saying he. I'm, I'm not saying he does or he doesn't, but I'm just. It, yeah. It's just another marketing ploy for the NBA to get people to watch NBA All Star Weekend, so they all can be out there again, which I, th- I believe they're going to do, um, and and roll them out on the court. It's all his. I mean, yeah. you know who won't be there? I can guarantee you, Michael Jordan. Yeah, um, the guy who's the guy who's like the most win- winningest, one of the most winningest players in NBA history, and. Ask him if he cares about any of this shit. And and that's one thing that I would have I would love to understand, like why maybe because he's an owner now, but I guess even before he was an owner, he doesn't like. Um, in, I won't say involve him. It's not the right word to say involves himself in the league, but involves himself in the league. Like you know, Kobe when he retired, came with his children and like went to Lakers games and sat courtside and like dapped it up with the other guys, like. Michael Jordan never did that when he retired, like for the Bulls. Like he never went back to Chicago and, you know, did that. Like it's kind of weird. Kind of like went off into the the sunset and sort of like enjoyed retirement. I guess you know that was him at his mo. It's just well, I, I find it interesting. It also didn't really end well for him uh, in Chicago with management and you know the front office. Yeah, but I mean, even in all right, then go to an go to an All Star game and 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 you know, I don't know. Did, did he ever do like the All Star game dunk contest uh, judge thing? Like, I know that's a bad example, but you know, something like that. Like, he was never really involved with the NBA after he left, and that's kind of weird. You know? Yeah. To me, it seems odd, but can you think of another? athlete from another from another league that did the same thing sort of just went away yeah Bo Jackson kind of went away yeah but like I mean he didn't win like Mike but like he's arguably one of the greatest athletes the world's ever seen Brett Favre Brett Favre yeah he kind of just like I'm at, I'm in my I'm on my farm, you know. Yeah. Joe Montana. Well, I mean Montana, but I mean Montana. I, I feel like he's still around in Niners games and things like that, but I don't know. I mean, Brett Favre pops up every now and again, but it has to be yeah. for good reason, you know. I mean, I mean Brett Favre like they put him up on the jumbotron and congratulated like Aaron Rodgers. Like, Michael Jordan would never do that. Say like some one of these young kids like broke one of his records or something. Say Steph Curry broke one of his like all-time records or something. Michael Jordan's not getting on a jumbotron congratulating Steph Curry. Definitely not. Definitely not. So yeah, I mean it's just a different time, you know, for a lot of that stuff. It's it'll be interesting to see 10, 15, 20 years from now are we having the the same conversations about goats or best players ever or draft picks or is it going to, you know, guys wanting to leave their teams and, you know, start super teams. Is that going to go away? Are they going to, to Jesse's point, you know, are they going to fix salary caps and, you know, make even playing fields and it'll be very interesting. The future of sports is could, could go 
one of two ways. It could go really great or it could go really bad really quick. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly right. Um, well, I mean, we covered a lot here in an hour. A lot of ground covered. I'm proud of everybody. Anyone have any closing thoughts? I'm excited for NBA All-Star Weekend. I, it's one so of my... Say, John, you're, you're usually pretty excited about that. NBA I mean, All-Star Weekend is like my... Um, I don't know, like... It's the most... It's like the most exciting time for me for, like, basketball. Like, it's almost like my Super Bowl for basketball. I love all the hoopla that goes around with it. I love the dunk contest. I love the three-point contest. I know the all-star game is like a glorified pickup game, but, you know, in the next, you know, three to five years, a lot of these guys that you're going to be see playing aren't going to be playing anymore. And, you know, there are a lot of people that don't watch the all-star game. And, you know, I think it's a, you know, I think it's a mistake, but, you know. It's kind of fun to watch, but to me, I think – I get more excited about playoff basketball than I would any all-star weekend. It's the, it's the most fun of any all-star all-stars in all sports. Yeah. Yeah. I think the home run derby's up there. To be honest with you. I think yeah, the, derby's the home run derby is like one part of all-star weekend. Yeah. But you know what? Like I think, and you know, I'd like to hear Jesse's take on this. Like Jesse, you're not, you're not, always tuning into NBA All-Star Weekend, but, like, would you tune into the dunk contest? Just like so many people who aren't really baseball savants or fans of, like, the entire baseball All-Star Weekend, they tune into the Home Run Derby. Like, Yeah, I would – I would. I mean, in, in the past, I've, you know, watched stuff like that because it's a spectacle. It's something fun. Like, I mean, over the years, I, I think – I've always uh, the the three point competition to me is got a slight edge on the dunk contest. It depends on who's in the dunk contest now. It's just been so there's been so many years, so many years that have been duds that like you just don't know what you're going to get anymore. The three point competition, especially now with like there's just so many talented shooters. The game has evolved around the three point shot, which I think is always been. The, uh, one of the exciting things in the evolution of the NBA to me was to see the three-point shot really be reborn and um, taken to the next level. I mean, you got guys that are, you know, basically, you know, between half court and the three-point line now taking, you know, and, and they're at will. It's just like a normal shot. They practice it. You know, it's just it's amazing to see the the evolution of the of the shot. Um and I think it's grown. I think it's elevated the three-point contest. Me personally, I think it it's made it a lot more interesting for me to watch. I mean, and I still love the the dunk contest, the allure of it. Dunk contest is dead. It's been dead for years. How many participants oh. are in it? John, there's four people in it. Yeah. Do you want to know who's in it this year, John? Obi Jalen Green, Cole Anthony, Juan Toscano, Anderson. Those are your four participants. To yeah, Bills, not more all stars. The Bills had all stars. And to Bills, that's not, that's, go ahead. Sorry, I'll go back and watch. If you go back and watch, it's gone down from nobody wants to do it because they're all 
prima donnas and they don't want to get embarrassed or they don't want to lose. LeBron's never been in one in his entire career. What okay. a joke is that? Like, Cole Anthony, are you kidding me? He's six foot three. Like, he's a, he's a backup point guard for the Magic, and he's in the dunk contest. Like, it's a joke. The All-Star Game used to be one of the greatest spectacles in sports, and it is literally dead. It if is If you go back dead. in the years past, you still watch you. some of those All-Star Games, like the Vince Carter years, and, like, that was still, like, that was the end of the, that was, like, the end of the golden era for the dunk contest. Well, I came to see Obi Toppin, a backup power forward on the 25 and 39 Knicks. Obi Toppin actually might win it. Well, I know he's a good, I know, I watched him play college ball Cincinnati. He can play, I mean, he played, he played at Dayton. Like, he could jump high, I get it. And he, he's like an Aaron Gordon, maybe he'll do one cool dunk. The whole point of an all-star game was the best of the best come out and show their skills. Not literally, I don't know if Jalen Green starts for the Rockets. I don't want to disrespect the guy. And then you got a guy in the Warriors who I know doesn't start, Juan. So, so let me ask you a question. What would make you – so what is your point? You want LeBron James to be in the I dunk contest? I want all-stars to be in the dunk contest. I want DeMar DeRozan. I want, you know, Kevin you – know, Kevin Durant's not like a dunker. I want Kyrie Irving who can dunk. I want all-stars. James Harden. I want guys who are actually all-stars to be in the dunk contest. And maybe if there's a guy or two that's like a crazy dunker that's not an all-star, okay, most whatever. Most of those like, guys can't – most of those guys aren't as athletic as a younger guy who's got hops who can jump out of the gym. Like, it's just a different game now because back in when we were not, growing it's up. It's about a different game. Like Kyrie Irving can't jump from the free throw line because he isn't tall enough and can't dunk a basketball. Like, well, then what did Spud Webb do? Mark Rosen can't do a 360 dunk or put his elbow all the way down into the thing. Like, that's why guys like Vince Carter broke out, Zach Levine, Iguodala, because they were athletic freaks that can just jump out of the gym. And that's why nobody watches it anymore when the all-star – when the dunk contest is lined up by Andre Iguodala. Like, we like him and we know him because we're NBA fans. The casual fan doesn't want to see, oh, who's that again? They want to see Jason Tatum doing it maybe. Or who Jalen Brown comes through the roof. He's an all-star guy. Like I think he did it once. And 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 hopefully he would do it again. And and like it was the only good years I remember at all in the last 10 were when Aaron Gordon got robbed by Zach Levine. Oh, I remember, totally I remember right. watching that. Zach Levine won and Aaron Gordon had way better dunks. But but at that point, I, I forget why Levine won, but there's nothing. There's like nothing to me personally that's even like remotely exciting about it because there's four guys, dude. There used to be like ten or twelve, then you had to get past the first round, then the second round, then it was the finals. Like it made it like now it's just four dudes. Like, like I saw a thing. I'm finding article. They were like calling teams to ask guys to, to enter the dunk contest. Like how can an All Star weekend have four guys that three of them don't even start on their basketball team? And they're because, like to be like, oh wow, look at this, look at this, this is cool. Like, because I think that fans, in want my opinion on it, yeah, I fans didn't want fans didn't want to show up to the NBA All Star Game. I'm sorry, the, the to the dunk contest and see another guy try to jump from the foul line. They wanted creativity. It started with Blake. It started with Dwight Howard and Nate Robinson, and they wanted creativity. Nate Robinson being Jesse's height. Being able to dunk was crazy. Dwight Howard, being as athletic as a freak he was, the dunk 
this crazy this the stuff that he did was kind of nuts. Same thing with Blake Griffin. Like the creativity when they brought out the car, as much it was as much of it was a um a hokey thing, we've never seen it before. When Vince Carter put his elbow in, it's all about creativity. And I think what you're missing is that LeBron James at 38 years old, or even five years ago at you know 28 years old, as great of a in-game dunker as he is kind of just doing this, I don't know if he has the creativity to win a dunk contest. But that's what we want to see, John. And you say what I'm missing. I bet the whole world's missing. Last year, a 3.1 rating, 5.9 viewers, down 24%, which is the previous year was the worst. So every year it's going down and down because of my point. John, nobody wants to fucking see OB Toppin. As a basketball fan, I know you appreciate his jumping ability, and I'm not seeing a 38-year-old LeBron James do the contest now. He dodged it. Kobe did dunk contest. Kobe won dunk contest because yeah. it was a different era because they got it that the fans pay a lot of money to follow your teams all year, buy your jersey, buy your shoes. This is a weekend yeah. for you to go above and beyond for the fans. Hey, you might not win, and you might miss all your dunks, LeBron, but try going between your legs or behind your back or throwing off a car. I think, dunk, I think LeBron all these guys are such pussies that if they don't know they can win something – they all pull the Ben Simmons. I'm out. I'm out. I think they, not I that's not a reason. My, my thing is th- that's not a reason why not to watch it because there's guys that you don't know. I mean, that's basically like I'm not going to watch Mark Madness because I don't know any of the guys on any of the teams. I watch the NBA dunk contest because it's something that I've grown up with for years and years and years. Whether it was seeing replays of Michael Jordan when he did it to the Vince Carter era when I was in high school to Blake Griffin to like now on these guys and watching it because the dunk contest on Saturday night, the three point contest on Saturday night is the epitome of all-star weekend. We know that the all-star game is a joke. And why does nobody watch it anymore? During COVID, nobody watched nobody it. Nobody watches it because the, the, the dunk the contest or the game. It's a bad product right now. I'm not okay. saying the concept is flawed. See, I think you're missing my point. And maybe you're not, yeah, maybe you don't agree, which is fine. It's not a flawed concept of having these contests. I agree, but nobody. It's it's by you saying that you're you're one of the five million that actually watched this last year and enjoyed it potentially because you appreciate the aspect of it. Where the All Star Weekend is about the best of the best in the NBA, or at least guys that you might know their name, and maybe they're not an All Star yet, but they could be or, or a fringe whatever. Mm-hmm. But having four people basically you have one round. And then the best dunk wins now. It's literally a shell of what it used to be. And the NBA doesn't have enough balls or juice to go to the, to the top guys who all make 35, 40 million and be and like, those guys what's that? Can't dunk. What's that? Uh, see, those are the guys I mean, that can't well, dunk. Can I make a quick point here? Can I make yeah. a quick point? And then you can guys can yell at each other again. I think that I think LeBron James would have been a really solid candidate at one point for the dunk contest. Yeah, like, I like, think I'm not saying now, but 10 years ago. Yeah. I think he could have been the second coming of Dominique Wilkins. This power, he power, power dunks. He power, power. And, and, and just sh- sheer, just like, a, like there's something about when, you know, when I see a guy who, he might not wheel a Kia out there to jump over the hood, which I think was probably one of the corniest dunks I've ever seen in my life. And I'll also 
I'll, I'll give you my opinion on that whole era of the dunk contest, which I think was a complete circus. Um, and I think is part of the reason why people don't watch anymore. Um, but it was back in the day, it was, it was all about the dunk and the, the, the power in the dunk and the, cl- and, and how clean you can, you can, you can, you can even even a lob to yourself or a bank off the backboard and doing a 360, catching it, the timing being perfect, and just the 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 sheer power um, and the the um, I'm losing the word uh, the uh, the technique of it all. Um, it's, it was all about timing, and when that timing hit, it made a noise. When that guy when Dominic dunked the ball, it made a certain noise, and guys were just like, "There's a reason why they stood up and were just like." Oh shit. You know what I mean? But like, to me, I think LeBron, the way he dunks was the same thing. His, some of his in-game dunks are some of the most powerful, you know, beautiful dunks we've ever seen in, in, in the game of basketball. And I really think that that is all kind of lost uh, when you see guys starting to roll out Superman capes and all these corny props and, they don't they don't focus on the mechanics of the dunk like the Dwight Howard Superman dunk is probably one of the worst dunks in the dunk contest. Like in my eyes, like, yeah, it was different and creative and with like the the cape and the idea behind it and like it, it turned heads. But if you go back and watch that dunk, it's a terrible dunk. Terrible. Um, the mechanics are just guys awful. who are all stars. That's it, just, it, you know, the Blake, the Blake Griffin, like he had car dunk was a terrible dunk. It's, it was, it, it, it was just an awful, awful dunk when you look at it, like, but he jumped over a car and I'm sure the NBA got paid a, a shit ton of money by Kia. So when that's just my perspective on the whole, like, you know, prop era of the dunk contest, um, the last couple of years, to John's point, I think the the dunk contest has gotten a little bit better because we're getting back to these guys with this raw athletic ability um, about, you know, there's something about seeing a guy jumping out of the fucking arena and, oh, oh, by the way, he like it's a clean dunk and it's a powerful dunk and um, it's done with, you know, um, technique. I just think that like um you know, I think LeBron at one point could have been could have been a, a solid, you know, contestant for it um, and probably would have won the thing a couple times. But to your point, Bill, he was probably just afraid of his ego and what it would do, you know, to his um, social media channel or something. Who knows? I've never seen LeBron James in game dunk anything different than his pose that he does. Uh, I think LeBron James. I agree with you. I think with the right people and the right creativity because of his athletic ability, he reminds me a little bit of Inguodala from his athletic ability. I think he could definitely win. But I think what, what, in my opinion, what guys like Vince Carter did, guys like Zach Levine did, um, guys like Blake Griffin did was they, yes, I agree that things started to get hokey but the reason why it, it it had to get hokey 
was because fans didn't want to tune in and see Brent Barry jump from the foul line again. We needed something different. We needed people to stop emulating Vince Carter. We need people to stop emulating Dominique, stop emulating Michael Jordan and come up with more creative dunks. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking as to some of the dunks that I've seen in the all-star game in the recent years, because I guess to the, to your guys' point, like there hasn't been one where I was like, holy shit, did you see that? Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, like the, the guys that make a lot of money now, the draws that, that actually play in the all-star game are not the same type of person that is going to be in the dunk contest in this era, in this new world we live in. It's just not, it's just not going to happen. Like, Ben Simmons is an athletic freak. Do I think Ben Simmons is going to enter the dunk contest? Absolutely not. Well, he can't tie his shoes and chew gum at the same time. We've all seen what that fucking guy can do. Like, he's got no finesse or finish. Like, a guy like John Morant. John Morant would be a guy I'd like to see. Like John Morant. I think John Morant did it. Didn't he do it? I get their point, though, John, that – and I get it, that – they're in a, a no-win situation. If they look like a boob and don't win or they beef all the dunks, they get roasted on social media and they're eating. So there's no win. And I think part of it is just kind of like not getting down this road, but like it's kind of like a lot of things in society in general, like they're just played out. It's not – it's just it's stale. It's stale. It, I'll, it, tell, it, I'll it, tell you it, what you know, I think. Bill, I'll tell you why I think the, 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 the dunk contest kind of pe- people sort of like – how do I say this? If you remember the dunk contest, all the guys that played in the all-star game, all the starters would show up. They'd have the camcorders. They'd the walk. Side, they'd all be fresh to deck. If you, if you, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, all those guys, I guarantee you will not be courtside. And they probably haven't been there in the last five years no. watching the young guys do what they do. They usually have a party, a Nike party or a LeBron James clutch party or something and they're doing it and i think that's part of bit what's been a disservice to the dunk contest and three point etc is because for years it was courtside seats of all the guys playing and they wanted to watch they wanted to record it they brought their kids you know what i mean like the home run derby well it was an event john too because in the 80s and 90s when it got popular like the mid late 80s the league was needed it, so they have guys there. Jordan there signing autographs. They have Larry Nance signing autographs for the fans. It was a chance to get exposed to players that you might not see all the time. So I, I, I can't say for certain that David Stern made them go, but I feel like ever since the money got, I mean, fun money has been crazy since the late '90s. But now all these guys are are their own brand. Like you said, they're they're their brand. They got their own that they, their own parties that they attend and this and that. That they don't want to be bothered with it, and they're basically cutting off the hand that feeds them. And it's and uh, it, it, like the NBA should almost make, make you have to go and sit front row. Like if you're LeBron and KD and James yeah. Harden, like you should be out there supporting because like that was half the fun. Yes. Seeing like Dominique could get up and like go crazy, like running around when Jordan did a ten, like oh my Magic Johnson going like oh my god. Like that was half the fun seeing the reaction. Now it's, it's just half like it's half the it's hype. corny, dude. I'm sorry to me, it just. In one word, it's corny now, and like, and it's not. I'm not. I, I, it's not fair to blame the players because I get it. There's only so many dunks you can, can come up with eventually after 25 years of this. But it's just, I feel like the NBA does a half-assed job with it, 
and it's and they wonder why during a pandemic when all sports ratings are through the roof, it's gone down three years in a row because it's a bad product and it, and, and it sucks. Like I don't, I'm not happy saying it. I used to, I used to always either DVR or watch it every, like you said, like you still doing. I'm, I, I don't want to poop you on your parade if you enjoy it. God bless. Like you know, I, you're I, still I, don't, I don't disagree that I don't disagree that they don't, if there's not a draw, right? Like you look at golf. If it isn't for the new guys in golf, people probably don't watch golf, right? Like the Bryson DeChambeau's, the Brooks Kepkas, their sort of fight, Tiger Woods coming. It's all about having that one guy or three guys that everyone wants to watch. No one knows, to your point, Obi Toppin, uh, the the um, the guy from the Rockets, I forget, Green. Jalen Green, Cole Anthony. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of the people don't know those guys, right? They don't. But, you know – Zach Levine, John Wall, Terrence Raw, like Blake Griffin, Nate Robinson, like people knew those guys. And I think, I think I understand like where you're coming from. Where is the John Morant? Why isn't exactly. John Morant in this? Why isn't um Where's Andrew saying, Wiggins? He can fly through the roof. Why can't you do this, Wiggins? What are you too cool for school? Like you jump through the roof, you know, like if you can jump in your head, is that the rim when you dunk in a game? You're yeah. in the contest. Like, yeah. you should be mandatory yeah, in the contest. There were a few years back in the late 90s that, to John's point now, you know, no one really knew who D. Brown was, you know, until he came out and started pumping up his shoes. Like, no one really knew Harold Miner, you know. Um, Isaiah Ryder, Bill, another one. Like they weren't lighting the world on fire, like in the they league. They were known. They weren't all stars, but they had, but they had, but they had hype coming out of college, and like they were guys. They were like John Morant's of the world. I mean, John's a little better than that, than them, but they were guys. What we knew, they were high draft picks, and they and they were athletic, and like, and I guess like guys like then, it was still a different time where they were eager, like they wanted to get into it, like. It was like, oh, no, only eight guys. There were 10 guys. That's it. Now it's like literally – that's what's special thing, John, is there's four dudes. There's only four fucking guys that can get to do this. Like, I mean, that's – and, you know, well, like I said, they, have, they have a bunch more things too. They have that rising – the Rising Stars Challenge, which I think is a good – is actually one of the better games to watch. Um, they have that skills competition where you, like, dribble around cones and layups and three-pointers and shit. Like, yeah, like – Okay, some of maybe that skill stuff is a little corny, if you want to say, but I don't know. That's like it's, having it's, an offensive lineman blocking contest at the Pro Bowl that you would probably watch. Probably watch said, I'll probably watch that. still tune in. I'll probably still tune in and watch because I the, love basketball, and if anything basketball related's on, I'm probably going to give it a shot. You know, the, the Pro Bowl is sort of trying to do that in a way where no one watches the the Pro Bowl game has gotten it's it's unwatchable right so what did they do well they started to do like uh do a crazy catch competition and stuff and like i mean i agree i think that that's corny um you know or the the thing that i like the best out of this the pro bowl is when they do the quarterback skills challenge and it's like they throw a trash can 30 yards out and you got to get it in there they should just make the Pro Bowl like the all Madden team. Like if you make the Pro Bowl team, it's like it's just a notch on the, you know, the belt type thing. I think what they should do is do what do basically like, for the the game. they should do a combine. Yeah, they should do like one on ones 
like the receivers, DBs do one-on-one routes with quarterbacks. They should do a third, which they sort of did this year. They did the a 40-yard dash. It was Micah Parsons, Tyreek Hill, um, Chubb, and someone else. And Micah Parsons won, but Tyreek Hill kind of like – he didn't want to pull a hammy. Um, and they well, do that so skill They're going to have guys that are going to want to risk any sort of – put themselves in any position. That's the other part. It's like years ago, if you got like watching NBA basketball all-star game, the guys went at each other. Now yep. they don't play defense. And the only time they play defense is I don't even know how what the rules are now because one year it was they played they won each quarter and then it went to a charity. Yeah, and then one year it was like, oh, only the last two minutes count. It's like they're just changing the rules. So I, you know, I I don't know how to change it. I think a lot of it has to do with athletes today and how they're mm-hmm. Um, fragile. Well, they're, they're not players anymore, John. And I get it. They're brands. Like when you, when, 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 you know, when a third of the league makes over $20 million a year, like you stop becoming athletes hustling. It's I'm protecting my brand and that's not their fault per se. It's just how, how all pro sports have been now. Same with home run derbies, home run derbies, fuck up guy swings, Bobby Abubu. Yeah. He had an amazing home run derby and it fucked up his swing for the rest of the season for us. And it's like, it, it, it sounds so minimal, but like, those are the things that like I get as an athlete. It's like, you know, the, the, the pure guys still, still do it. But like, I feel like the all-star games were all invented to help draw, like, you know, make money for the sport they're in. But now, you know, as a fan of the, you know, the, you know, the three major sports, all three major all-star games mean nothing to me. Like none of like, I, I don't, I don't look forward to like, Ooh, even the run derby is corny. The money ball, and you get to keep going well, on yeah. your tenth out now, or whatever. Oh, that's why like, I always said. That's why I always said. You know, that's why I always said. Like, it's for kids, man. Like, it really, really is. Like, you're right, Matt. Like, yeah, and and not that John's a kid, and I'm not trying to insult John for liking no, it. No, no, no. You know, he but, <laughs> no, he, but but he knows. I mean, yeah. we all no. know. We all know. I mean, look at the ones that we cherish and say, and and you know. Oh. It's the ones where we were kids, you know. It, it's just like, oh. well, there it is. There's your buddy. There's, oh, there's my buddy. There's his best buddy. <laughs> but I mean, it it's to what you guys are talking about. Like, you you look at like guys not wanting to play because they're hurt. Like, here's so now. Granted, this is in the in the way back time, but like Pete Rose in in 1970 bowled over that catcher in the All Star game to win the game. And it changed that dude's changed that dude's career. He was never the same player after Rose destroyed his shoulder. And then you look at um happened in uh, '99 with um Robert Ed- Edwards, the run, that running back from the Patriots. He was playing. He was so outrageous. They had him playing in that rookie beach that rookie beach game before the Pro Bowl, and he tore every ligament in his knee tore them all and he was never I believe he was out of football immediately after that so it's like you you look at those things and I can understand why why sometimes guys are like well uh, or they or they half acid or money you're right they got too much money I took their chicken I get that it, it, it's not it's they not make business decisions and it's not even just for their team it's for like what what did you say Bill it's for their brand I mean they're not mm-hmm. gonna fuck their brand out you know then you well, know what to solve that problem, then then 
hundred million dollars goes to the to the dunk contest champion. That's what they're gonna have to do. Yeah, but the, but the, but to do that, John, it's like they they already make fifteen. You know, half these guys already make twenty five, thirty. Uh, you know, if the money goes to charity or something, maybe people will tune in. Like, if you got to pick your charity, you want it to go to or something. Like, to let the league pony it up. That's all, John. The whole point of this All Star Game is to make more money for the league. They don't give a fuck about giving money out to people. Like, John, they're there for their twenty dollars beers. You wanna, my point is, if you want to get better, guy, if you want to make the competition better for All Star Weekend, then you need to monetize it for the athletes or make it so they they get something out of it that's the only way they're going to change it like home field advantage like well, uh, yeah that's, that's mean, part of it to do it I, I mean i hate the home field advantage thing but what if like because guys usually have incentives in their deals to make the game and then they put zero effort into the game but to to john's point what if like the nba said all right, whoever whoever enters whoever enters the dunk, comp, dunk competition and we pick you, you get X amount of money. If you win the dunk competition or maybe you get out of the first round of the dunk competition, maybe your team gets an extra X million dollars of free salary cap bucks or – you know, something along those lines to it's a one time, one year thing. And, you know, it might allow a team to to really go all in. Now, granted, th- to really spice it up, you would probably have to move the uh, the trade deadline around. If you really wanted to spice it up, you move the trade deadline to a week after the All-Star game. Now these guys are killing themselves to get in, to get out of the first round, to win this thing, because if they win it and they're playing on a good team, their team might get an extra $5, $10 million in salary cap space. And now magically you can go get a guy that might help you put you over the top or might help all the guys get a little extra bonus at the end of the year. Or, you know, you, you want to incentivize it, doing something like that. Because the the thing with the, or how about some bonus bucks at their at their local the finest adult entertainment establishments in their absolutely. local city. Absolutely, but like the, the thing with the, the thing with the, the the home field advantage, it's like, okay, so you're on a team. Now maybe one guy from your team, maybe two guys from your team, go to the All Star game, and you find a bunch of other dudes. Some of them are going to go to the playoffs. Some of them aren't. Most of them don't care. You lose that game, and now no fault of your own, you don't have home field advantage now. Like The the best thing that baseball should do is they should – whoever has the better record has home field advantage. Or you just alternate it every other year. But it, it's just th- this whole like we want to make the game mean something. It's like there's better ways to do it than – than what they than than what they did. Well, look, we, we you know we we can we can segue into baseball because I think Jesse has a, an update for us, but and we only have five minutes left of the podcast, so we had two minutes left. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, oh, thanks okay. so much, guys. I appreciate okay. Jesse, Jesse. <laughs> I appreciate all the time. <laughs> Jesse, take, Jesse, take all the time of the of the six and a half. Minutes left. 
<laughs> that you want. Um, but like, I think we can all say, you know, we tune in for the all-star festivities for whatever league we're a fan of because of, you know, our personal love and interest for the game. Um, we have different reasons. Um, ultimately it's for children. Um, we are, you know, I think we can all admit still big children at heart. So that's probably why we tune in every now and again. Um, but speaking of baseball, Jesse, what, uh, we, we have a little bit of an update for us well, I mean, here. The, the we're, pitchers and catchers were supposed to report. So that hasn't happened. Um, the, the, the owners, because you know, they're, they're losing money have said that they shouldn't have to pay anybody for the preseason because all of these players are actually receiving a benefit. So they shouldn't have to, they shouldn't receive payment during the preseason. They, they now have, um, anything else, John? It's the baseball theme song, bro. Little background music. Like they now they've, they've, so they've already cut 30 or 40 minor league baseball teams. They've already killed them. Now they want to knock 30 to 40, 30 to 40 guys off every, all the cumulative rosters of all the the teams. And it's just this ultimate devaluing of the product to maximize every dollar that the, that the owners can, like they don't pay these. Most of these guys in the minors beyond what they make in their signing bonus, they don't make any money. Like they're, they're making like $18,000 a year. They, they don't even get up until the, the, they fought for it. They weren't even getting a stipend to live or eat on. And it's like, so they're not making any money. And now they want to remove 30 guys from the, the total roster. And you look at it, you know, you see the Phillies have like low ball, low a ball. Then they have a ball. They have double a, and then they have triple a. So you've like, so let's say the Philly, the four, the four major Phillies teams. So that's taking 10 guys off of each roster. Like that's a, that's a huge deal. Now, now granted at the, at the lower levels, it's a lot of young guys that are vying for experience. So it doesn't really hurt them much, but at, at double a and triple a, you need those guys. You know, those are the guys that you call up. If somebody gets hurt in at the end of the year and they need a, you need a a cup of coffee for somebody like those are the dudes. They trade them away. Yeah. But like, there's dudes on those, those, you know, the, like the, they're the guys that never make it, but they're always close. The lifers of the, the minor league lifers. And it's like, without those guys, the game starts to die. And it's like, if the owners are so short sighted on this, they're, they're going to kill the sport. It, it's, it's so insane with how much money they make that one, like they, they've locked the players out. It's been like 30 days since the player since they've locked the players out where they've even made an offer. But right now, all of this, it's all it's all bluster. All they're trying to do is break the union. Everything that the owners are doing right now is purposely designed to to try to sour the fans on the union and the players. And it's not working because like everything that else is going on in the world right now, all the fans are like, nah, we're gonna. Like we, we don't like how everybody's making all this money, but fuck you guys. Like they're not, nobody's like, gee, these players, they're like, fuck you greedy owners ruining the sport that I love. And 
the sport was making money. The sport was making massive amounts of money every year. I just don't understand how how they can't just figure this out. It's it's not hard, and they're going to kill the game, and it it fucking sucks. I, I also think that like, you know. I know Jesse likes to to and he's got points about ownership and, and owners and billionaires ruining the sport. But I also think that I think the fans this is gonna this is gonna come out, this is gonna come out terribly. But I really think the fans are a little bit I think fans in sports are also to blame in things like this. And I'll tell you why. You go to a sporting event, you want to wear the Teams' colors and the jerseys and the uniforms. You want the, you don't want Budweiser and Coors Light. You want the IPAs and the summer candies. You want the hipster sandwiches. You want to be able to order from your seat. You want to be able to sit in a air conditioned box or a heated seat or something. You want to be able to not have to wait to session stands. All of that stuff costs money. All of it. And as fans. And in society today, we are so we need the luxury of our sport, our sporting events, our 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 experiences, right? And I think that part of that is owners want to provide; they want to bring in more revenue to provide um, a better experience for fans. They want to build better stadiums with better food and beverage with better parking, with, with better seats, with better views of the stadium, all for the fans. Because as we know as, as sports fans, if you have a shitty stadium, no one wants to come there. But once you have the bring brand new stadium, it's, oh, man, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. There's a, there's, a, there's a hipster sandwich place out in right field. It's awesome. They have 17 craft brews on, on, on tap. Um, I can order from my seat. And I think all of that stuff that we have as fans yearn, yearn from, and I'm not just singling out us. I'm saying everyone in, in, in MLB, NBA, NFL fan bases wants those things. And part of that is, is basically creating a monster from owners who basically want to provide that service to, to everyone. So, I mean, but the, we have to we have to accept that we as fans also have a part in it, which sounds weird and terrible, but we do because we want to come and see a Rose Harper, some of us, for $300 million and see that superstar. But we also don't want to see him at the vet and play on shitty turf. And we also don't want to see him at the vet on shitty turf with a Coors Light in our hand. We want an IPA and we want the best sandwich and we also want to be paid from our seat and all of that costs money. So yeah, I, that's, but that's my, here, but my so here's a, here's a couple things. One, all sports have, all sports have revenue sharing, right? For the most mm-hmm. part. Yeah. Baseball's is very generous, but baseball is the only sport where you have a third of over a third of the teams that are basically like, cool, cool. Thanks for this revenue, revenue sharing money. I'm not spending a fucking penny on my team now. This is going to fund my team for the year, and everything else I get is just profit. You don't see that in the NFL because the salary structure is such in the NFL that owners have to actually spend beyond the revenue sharing. None of that happens in baseball. And then when you talk about – and this is, a, this is a, an American phenomenon. 
this doesn't happen anywhere else in the in the world where you know people when 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 owners are like oh i need a new i need a new stadium and if you don't give me a new stadium i'm going to move my team that doesn't happen anywhere else in the world ever because those owners would be murdered they they also but jesse they also want stadiums for their fans as well it's well, not like it's i just need the stadium. like let's face it the 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 vets that stadium let's take philly for a second that stadium was a dual purpose stadium for both the phillies and the eagles mm-hmm. it was a fucking dump yeah so they were going to knock it down and each place was going to get their own thing yeah that's much better than them still playing in the vet and people yeah having season ending injuries you're you're missing the point nowhere else do you when when Liverpool need there was a time when when Liverpool for example were considering moving from Anfield staying in Liverpool but moving and and developing a new stadium they never were like well you know if if you don't give us you know 300 million dollars we're going to move to North London it was the owner's responsibility to come up with the money if they wanted the new thing and build it themselves because it was their business. So what you end up happening with is, and it's a shame that it, it doesn't happen in this country. You only have a handful of stadiums now that are in the middle of a city that mean anything. You know, you've got, you've got Wrigley, right? You've got Fenway. You've got, I mean, kind of soldier field. So you've got these old stadiums that actually have history. And instead of just knocking it down, they're like, how can we make this? How can we modernize this temple? This thing is special. Why don't we modernize it and make it something that people 100 years from now will still be proud of? And that's the great thing about sports in other countries. You know, Anfield's over 100 years old. All those stadiums that all these English clubs play in, they're they're old as hell. There's not many teams playing in new stadiums. They just knocked pieces of it out to like modernize their amenities or make the concourses a little wider or to do things that would allow them to generate more revenue. But they weren't like, now nah, we need a new thing. So we need a bunch of our, a bunch of your money because we don't want to spend our money. So, but, and it, it's like, but it all ties back and it's like, and, and baseball's the worst offender because they allow the owners to do whatever they want and they allow the owners to basically field teams for next to nothing. And, and, you know, the owners are like, oh, well, why is, why, why is attendance down across the league? And, and, and even though they're still making a ton of money and why don't people, why aren't people excited about the game? And it's like, well, it, maybe it's because you have a third of the league have owners that doesn't that don't that don't care, and they're sitting on an, an investment and have zero interest in spending any money. Like until the Royals won the World Series, they were one of the poster children for I'm not spending a dime. I'm taking the revenue sharing check and I am covering my payroll with that, and then anything that my stadium gets. Any deals that I get, anything is straight profit into my pocket. You don't see that in other sports. Like if an NFL owner ran their team like that, they would be run out of that city. They'd be run out of the city. And you know what? Before that even happened, the league would be like, 
hey, bro, can we come talk? Can you, uh, can you come talk to us in a boardroom real quick? And it'd be like that scene in fucking Goodfellas with Joe Pesci and he walks into the empty room and he's just like, ah, shit, as he gets shot in the head. Like, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. The NFL would be like, yeah, we're buying you out. Sucks to, sucks to be you, bro. And whereas in baseball, it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. You want to you wanna be a slumlord? Cool, cool. We're not going to say nothing. We're not saying nothing about it. And ultimately now it's hurting the game. So you can take the bears off because the bears just bought land. They're trying to finalize it. And next year, this year or next year to close soldier field down. Cause they don't own it. Cause the Chicago parks department owns it and they won't let them do any reservations to add new seating to it. So they want to build a $2 billion stadium in Arlington Heights, which is like, Philly move like the, like the, the like Philadelphia move into like Malvern area, like a half hour outside of it. And the cost is about $2 billion, but it's tight lipped because nobody knows how much they're going to get from the city. Yeah. You- and it's, it's, it's a shame because it's, you, you have to commend what they did in Chicago and what they did in Boston to, to keep those, those stadiums where they are. Like that's something special where the stadium is in the city. And it should never, it should never be taken for granted. And like, I regret being a baseball fan and being alive for, for 41 years that I haven't been able to get to a game in either one of those cities yet, because it's like Wrigley's special Wrigley's. I want to get to Fenway, but I've been, I used to go to Wrigley all the time. And I'll tell you what, man, when you walk in, if you're a baseball fan, you sit in the bleachers, you just feel it. Cause like, the bleachers is like almost like a soccer game because you're on the field, like you're on top of the outfield. It's so fuck. I've said in, in the seats, it's okay. The bleachers is night and day the spot to be. It's just a shit show. We were pu- it's just fucking it's fucking great. We're, we were puking. <laughs> we went to high school, dude. I caught a Jeff Blauser home run ball during batting practice, barehanded. I look over and my buddy Scott was puking all over himself because we were we all took like. Bach and the fish from our parents' liquor cabinet where we fucking did it's like an hour and a half drive from where we lived. We were like falling over shit hammered. <laughs> like during it was fucking great. I still got the ball. I gave it to my dad. I caught a uh, Jeff Blauser home run ball during batting practice. Just boom, popped it up. My hand was fucking like a like a melon <laughs> after doing it. But it but it's like one of those things like you never forget. Like you and you know, and could that happen at the bank? I mean, I guess maybe, but um no, I, I think I get your point that it's the Bears. It's funny because they're worth four billion dollars, and it, and the stadium this is like two billion. They're gonna do, and it says that the article I just saw said it's like hush hush on what they're gonna get from the city to build it because they don't want to pay for it all. Basically, well, yeah, you're, leaving, it, I, you're, you're leaving Lambo off the list too. Well, and, and, yeah, and Lambo, but and like my you know my broken brain can't think of all that. But it's like, and again, they're worth four billion dollars, and they can't spend the money like. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, that's what I do agree with. And I get it that what they say is, is the tax revenue they bring in from out from all the, 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 the food sales, the liquor sales, the city gets half the parking, usually at most stadiums. So, but, they're, but they're every, defense, I'm not saying it's right, but they say, well, we generate millions and millions and over a 12 year period or whatever the number is, you make your money back and then some, but the, so they, the they problem sell that is as an investment the, for the, the city problem why is, they make their billions. Every single study that has actually been peer reviewed on it over the last 30 years has proven it to be a lie, though. Like, 
nobody, there has never been a tangible benefit to any one of these municipalities that has done it. Like, they don't make the money back. They might Lori pay for the to, link? Huh? Did Lori pay for the link? I Not forget. all of it. Scumbag. No, I mean, it's, it's true, though, because, you know, but what do they do, Jesse? They donate a quarter million dollars to this senator's thing. Yeah. And they give to this mayor's thing. And it, all of a sudden, I mean, it gets hit. You're going to see with the Sixers. The Sixers are going to – we were alive when they built Wells Fargo Center, whatever the course state center, when it came out. We were all alive. It was the newest, hottest stadium in Philadelphia. And it stinks. I miss the spectrum. They, they did exactly what Jesse said. They did. They just did like five, six million dollars in upgrades, and they are going to end up building another stadium. The Sixers are hopefully, going to have their hopefully, own place, hopefully, or at least like, Philly and New Jersey on South Jersey side. Yeah, hopefully, it's not spectrum again. And, and oh, why are they going to do that? They're going to do that because they want they want their own place. They want to they want to control everything. They want to make sure that their fans have everything that they want. And that's what it is in today's sports world is that everyone, they need a stadium and it lasts 20 or 30 years and they knock them down and they build them again. It's like, again, I like hope, I hope it's a complete replica of the spectrum with a, to Jesse's point, a wider concourse, flat screens and automatic pissers. Like sometimes you- like, I mean, I know um, I was never in the, Yankees, the original Yankee Stadium, but I was in the new Yankee Stadium, and like they did like homages to the old one. Oh yeah, they um, have. Yeah, they. It isn't the top like the yeah the, whatever the, the design or whatever that is. Like that's. But again, know. you're 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 fitting it in the middle of a city, and it's like you know. Right. I mean, remember when they wanted to put the Philly Stadium in the middle? Yeah, of the they city? wanted to put Citizens China. Bank Park in Chinatown. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know how it is in, in Europe for, like, foot, football or soccer. Like, do they have 70,000 people driving to the stadium? No, they all take mass transit, John. Right. No, but that, that, that's what I'm saying, Jesse, is, like, we live in a society where we need – I need Lincoln Financial parking underneath, and I need to be as close as possible. Yeah, well, I mean, Whereas it's a different – Over the pond, it's like, oh, we're all going to jam into a sardine car – and take the twenty minute taxi or the 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 subway ride to the stadium. Like it's, it's, it's a culture, totally different, culture it's thing. Totally different well, and it's they it's they culture. have better they have better they have better mass transit too. Like, but again, like so think about this. So London's a pretty big city, right? Just imagine seven links in in London, and that's what what's going on. Are they all that big though? Like, is like, like, do they all hold? I mean, I know they got seven stadiums. The, I mean, they probably like, don't hold seventy, but they probably hold most of them hold fifty, sixty. Yeah, Chelsea's look small, but it, it's probably bigger than it looks on TV. Chelsea Stadium, but yeah, I get your point. Like, they're big stadiums. I mean, like they're, 50, 60,000 people in all of them. Yeah, like they're big guys. But, but it's though you know, everybody grew up over there. You know the mass transit is so different. You you hop you hop on a train and you're there. You get off on the train and you, you go up. You go to the pub. You have a couple of pints. You go into the stadium. You see the game. You you leave the stadium. You go back to the pub. You have a couple more pints. Like it's all relative to what you're accustomed to doing, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, it's and it's this, a really different world, probably in hockey in 
NHL world in Canada than it probably is in the United States. Yeah. Well, and then here, I mean, the, the crazy thing is, and they're not really talking about it because like everybody that runs, you know, everybody that, you know, the people that own the Knicks and the Rangers are hoping everybody forgets about it, but MSG is going to get demolished in, in, in a year or two. Like that's going to happen. I don't know how they're going to do that. What do you mean? How are they like, where are they going to play? They don't give a, the city doesn't give two fucks where they play. I bet you James Dolan cares. <laughs> The city has a lot more con- power than James Dolan does. Yeah, it's the wrong city to own a sports team in. They got no juice there. Yeah, John, the, the problem is they lease the ground. They don't own Ma- Madison Square Garden. They are a tenant at Madison Square Garden, and the city re- refused to allow them to ex- extend the lease. The lease is going to expire, I think, in two years. And then, so they were like, "Hey, can we expend, extend this? We really want to. We really want to stay." And the city's like, "No, nah, we really want to rebuild um, Penn Station." So um, you got to go, bro. So they're going to knock Madison Square Garden down. So they're going to have to find somewhere else in this in New York City to put a, another stadium because the MSG is going to get knocked down. So. Well, we'll, well, we can talk about this offline. I don't want to derail the podcast. But yeah, yeah table this conversation for a later episode. The de- the demolition of a sports landmark where teams that we don't give a fuck about play. Because I don't really give a fuck about the Knicks. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. And I, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about the Rangers. I mean, the, the one cool thing about MSG is the fact that MSG, like, though. I mean, it's a, it's. I mean, not $8 only billion dollars they're looking to get from the city to replace MSG in a new spot. They're going to get eight. They're trying to get eight billion out of out of New York City. They're going to get a dollar. They're going to. That's like they're working. It says says like they're negotiating. Like they're trying to, to relocate it, and it, it's an eight billion dollar project that would largely be funded by the city. <laughs> Good luck. All, on that note. Everyone be good. Bill, James Harden, next week. We don't have 47 points against the Timberwolves. I'm going to be pissed. We're reloaded. Until then, Jesse, give me one. Go, Birds.